Bulimia sucks, but you don't, and here's why. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson Hall will teach you how to begin breaking through the multitude of thoughts, feelings, triggers, and urges to empower yourself to change your painful behaviors completely. You will hear proven strategies and solutions to help you in your recovery, including real interviews with real people. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Check it out now on Amazon. And now... Another episode of Bulimia Sucks, the podcast. Hello, and my name is Kate Hudson Hall. And thank you for listening to Bulimia Sucks, because it does. These are real stories from people who are suffering or have suffered an eating disorder. So this podcast is about life with an eating disorder. It's a platform for people to share relatable and uplifting and inspiring conversations based on bulimia and anorexia, their victories and challenges. So episodes will include their personal stories of where they are now and their difficult journeys and their steps taken into recovering from their eating disorder. And our guest today is Chrissy. And Chrissy is a personal trainer, a coach, and the creator of the Loveful Eating Method. Loveful Eating is an intuition centered approach to nutrition. So, Chrissy was an international bodybuilder and shifted to coaching after healing herself using Loveful Eating from a 12 year journey with bulimia. Chrissy believes all of our challenges stem from a lack of self-love and because of this her mission is to see every woman love and accept herself fully and completely so that they can live a life with more peace, love and joy. So welcome, Chrissy. It's lovely to meet you and talk to you. So thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is, I, I could talk about this topic all day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic that you're here. Okay. So, well, I'd like to begin by, yeah, I'd like to ask you, can you think of a funny experience that you've had in the past that you'd like to share with us? Something that's happened in the past that is very humorous to you <laughs> that you could share with us. Okay. A funny experience that happened in the past. I actually, one just came to mind, but I actually, I think I'll leave that for another date. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, there was, one of those. <laughs> there was a time... <laughs> I was running, I was doing sprints on the treadmill at the gym and um, I stopped, but I stopped and like grabbed the sides so I could jump off onto the sides of the treadmill and off the belt. And I slipped and fell like through the front of the treadmill. You know, there's like a gap in the front and I like not all the way through, but like fell through it. And it was- um, Oh, head first. That was, that was, that was, that was pretty- was that it? was pretty embarrassing. No, my my feet my feet went first. Like I jumped. It was. A, I honestly still don't even know how I did that. But I <laughs> tend to be um, slightly clumsy, shall we say? Um, 
Or, I, you know, I like to break the ice with strangers by me falling and then we have something to talk about because I fell. So there's that. <laughs> oh, that's hysterically funny. I love it. Oh, dear. But hopefully you didn't injure yourself. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. And I, I, I have, um, I've, I've done a lot of silly things like that in the gym. I've done pull-ups. Um, not, and I was talking to someone else, I wasn't paying attention and I hit my head on the bar above that I like pulled myself up fast and there was a bar above it and I hit my head there. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, that's, that's my life. I need a babysitter. <laughs> Somebody to supervise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Chrissy, we're here today to talk about your experience with bulimia. So how old were you when, when it first started? Uh, 24. I did, so I, I feel like a lot of people I've spoken to, their eating disorders possibly started a little earlier. Um, mine was 24. And do you remember age. what happened at that time? When yes, it, when it absolutely. It, what happened? Yes, I, I can't tell you... Um, that there was something traumatic that kicked it off. It wasn't like that. Um, it started because I was living with a friend who was a model and she was starting to get overwhelmed by the food that I was eating in front of her that she felt like she wasn't able to eat because she had to stay very small. So I then started dieting with her I was like okay fine I'll I'll diet with you and we started taking like super strong diet pills that would just it was it was now when I think back to it, it was like sheer madness and then we went on a super restricted diet where sometimes we would share an apple and then go to sleep instead of eating um we wrote down every single thing we ate even like grapes so that's how it started, as it often does. It came from, it stemmed from a restrictive diet. Like I was on an incredibly restrictive diet. Um, and then after, you know, after a while I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't continue with this diet. So I started incorporating cheat days, which is one of those terms that I now can't stand um, because you're not cheating when you eat food that you want to eat, right? There's no like morality in food. Um, so at some point I could not contain the cheat days to once a week anymore. And it just became more and more and more. And I just absolutely panicked, right? When I couldn't, I couldn't keep it to one day anymore. I was really scared that I was going to gain weight and I'd lost weight. And a lot of people were saying, what did you do to lose weight? Oh my gosh, you're, you know, I was getting a lot of attention from the weight loss and the idea of I thought I wouldn't be relevant or cool or attractive um, anymore if I was no longer small. So yeah. one day in just absolute sheer desperation, I ended up purging my food. And with that came a relief, like, okay, I, I have, I'm, I'm safe now. Like I have this method of eating where I can eat what I want and not gain weight. And that's what continued for about 12 more years. So it was about 12 years. Yeah, absolutely, 12 years. Yeah. And so what was, uh, when did you decide, and do you remember when you decided that you wanted to um, begin to change that, that pattern, that habit of eating? 
Um, yes and no. I think that I said I was going to change this for years. Like, I feel like almost every, I mean, not every, but it felt like almost every binge, I would say, this is the last time tomorrow I'm going to do it different. This is the last time tomorrow I'm going to be doing, do it different. And I did that for years and years. Um, and then I started hiring coaches for the business side of things. Like when I wanted to set up my business and just in general feel better, I would hire coaches, but not actually talk to them. I think I talked to one coach about my bulimia. Um, and in this process, I was reading up on a lot more things as well. I started learning about the subconscious mind and breaking habits. And I said, what if I saw my bulimia as just a habit that I've gotten into? And what if I approached getting out of this, at getting out of bulimia the same way I would approach changing a habit? And that was really when everything changed for me. Okay. Yeah. And so how specifically did you approach it differently? Working with, so, your, working one, with your unconscious mind. So when it comes to your subconscious, right, there's certain ways that you can speak to your subconscious mind that makes it easier to actually communicate with your subconscious mind. Like if you say things, you, when you word things in the negative, like when you say things like, uh, I'm not going to eat cookies, I'm not going to eat cookies, I'm not going to eat cookies. Like all you're really communicating to your conscious mind is eat cookies, eat cookies, eat cookies. Because we don't process, our subconscious mind doesn't process things as negative. The same way our subconscious mind doesn't process other people, right? Your subconscious mind only knows you. So if you're the type of person who might be talking a lot or even thinking a lot of things about other people, like their body's disgusting and they're fat and they've gained weight and now look how gross they look and blah, 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 blah your subconscious mind is hearing all of this and it's not aware that you're talking about someone else. It feels like it's talking about you, right? And that's important when, we're, when we are processing information about other people. Like the way we speak about other people is the same way we speak about ourselves. But that was slightly off topic. So I learned, right, we have different sides of us and some people will call it like the animal brain. And that urge, the, the part of my brain that has the urges to binge, right, I doesn't, that part of me doesn't actually control my actions, right? It doesn't control like, okay, now I have to binge. Now I have no choice. I'm just going to go to the fridge and get food. There's a, there's a disconnect, like, right? You can say that this part of me that's thinking, I really need to like house 10 cupcakes right now. Yeah. There's another part of you that's observing that thought, right? That can see that you're observing this desire to eat 10 cupcakes, so that same, does it, I, I hope this is making sense. So the same way that you can be like, put yourself above that thought and see yourself experiencing that thought, you can also acknowledge, okay, that's a thought I'm having, but that thought, that part of my brain doesn't control my actions. Yeah. So I actually don't have to carry those, carry that out, right? Without ignoring. So sometimes what we do when we're suffering from bulimia or anything that's habitual based, we'll acknowledge the thought and then we think that we have to do it, right? Or what we'll do is we'll distract ourselves, right? So we'll say, okay, I'm just gonna keep doing busy work and pretend that I'm not experiencing this bid judge, but you can't ignore it because that's resistance. You acknowledge it, but also acknowledge that you're the person who's in control of that and you don't actually have to carry those thoughts out. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So it's actually hearing what you're saying to yourself yes. and acknowledging it. And so turning towards it 
and exactly. accepting that it's there, but not picking up on it. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. also not saying, so, there's so there are so many, when I talk about this, I try and think about the easiest way that it would resonate with people. And some of these things take steps or we have an idea that um, that's impossible or we just can't do that. There's no way I could be struggling for something for 12 years and I could literally just acknowledge the binge urge but not give into it. You're like, no, actually, you can do that. And we, our habits are all housed in the subconscious mind, okay? So the subconscious mind takes over when we slip into autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like when you say, I'm not going to bite my nails, right? And then you're driving or talking to a friend and then suddenly you bite your nails because you're no longer actually present with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And dismissing your binge urges just takes awareness, right? You don't have to keep fighting with them. No, I won't, no, I won't. When, you're like, when you have that, you know, it's like if you say you're going to go to the gym and you're like, well, we'll see how I feel. When you get into that bartering back and forth with the two sides of your brain, that's when you're setting yourself up for failure. That doesn't have to be like a, a, a compromise or a back and forth. You're just like, I, I can acknowledge that I'm feeling this binge urge, but I choose to move my attention to this. Yeah. instead yeah right so there's so many ways and it's not that's how I personally started my my uh healing of bulimia but it also that start brought up a lot of other things like why was I doing this in the first place why didn't I think I was worthy of more why did I think that I was only what my body looked like so many other things come up from that there are so many other um so many other factors to consider when it comes to eating disorders that we to literally discuss all of them you and I would be sitting here for two hours Absolutely. but but essentially a, a great way to to separate yourself from these urges is to understand that this is an urge that does not control you right that you are the person thinking those thoughts and therefore you can decide what action to take from those thoughts yeah yeah absolutely and I was talking with somebody yesterday about the urges and in my book um, I talk about urge surfing which is actually turning towards the urge and then acknowledging there we go. yeah yes sitting with yes. that feeling and yes allowing that urge to be there but realizing it that it's not going to you know it's just there it's not going to really yeah you, but it's that urge exactly. that it can be so overwhelming, but it's yeah. actually not going to harm you. And it's no, it's not. And allowing it, and it'll be like waves, and that's what the urge yeah. is, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it loosens its grip by you turning towards it, which is really interesting. Exactly. And the next time that you exactly. do it, it doesn't become so intense, does it? It's amazing. Exactly. You know, we have, it's... um brain over binge right I believe you know in that book she mentions uh that you wouldn't binge if you didn't have the urge to binge so her and I come from completely different uh like we have different thought processes on this but what I like is that she's that's true right so you are binging because you have the urge to binge and when you understand that the urge to binge does not mean you actually have to binge 
it becomes very freeing. But when you try and ignore it, like you said, you're creating resistance around that thing. And it just becomes a matter of time before you're like, oh, I slip and fell and now here I am doing the same thing again. So you, you never want to just ignore or distract yourself from the binge. Like we want to acknowledge that those things are coming up. Yeah, yeah. And also, I just wanted to say that uh, when you were talking about the unconscious mind and the um, how the unconscious mind, that part of your mind, doesn't hear any negative words that it says to itself or that you say to it, like can't, won't, don't. Mm-hmm. I was teaching a weight loss course and my course, Imagine Yourself Slim, I've been teaching it for years. And I remember I had a client and... He- he didn't quite understand that the unconscious mind doesn't hear any negative words. And so when he went away that next, the next couple of weeks, he thought he had a good positive phrase that he was saying to himself, a good affirmation. So he was saying to himself something like, um, I really don't want to eat chocolate again. (laughs) So he was actually telling himself to eat the chocolate. And then when he came back a couple of weeks later, he was like, well, hang on a minute. I'm not losing any weight here. And I seem to have actually put some weight on. And when we discussed it, that's what, was, that was, that was what unfolded. So it's really important that when you focus on your affirmations or talk to yourself that you use it in yeah. a positive tense. So it's really interesting. Yes, It's so powerful, <laughs> the unconscious mind. It's, it's so powerful, so powerful. We don't, I think some of us don't realize how powerful our subconscious minds are, but yeah, that's, I think most the, the negatives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. true. But it, it really that's is. True. And you can use it for your, your, for your own benefit. It, you know, it's really important that, you know, to, you know, look into it, look it up on the internet and see what you can find out. Cause it's really so powerful and to use it right. It can really Absolutely. help take you forward. Can't it? Really, really, I mean, just think about like uh, when the placebo studies that we've seen, we all, most of us know about the placebo effect, right? But the placebo effect is just showing you how powerful your subconscious mind is. Yeah, 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 I love it, I love it. So anyway, so going back to your, when you had bulimia, so what do you feel, Chrissy, was the hardest part for you? having bulimia for 12 years? The feeling of isolation, um, the lack of, I, I, I wasn't able to really move the rest of my life forward in any sustainable way because all of my energy was being taken up by eating, thinking about food, policing my body, trying to change my body. And that's all I had time for, you know, I, didn't go out I I missed a lot of social events because I was afraid of binging or I was afraid of not having somewhere to purge if I did binge Um, there were a lot of people who it felt sometimes like there was like a space between me and other people because I had this huge secret that I couldn't share and was afraid of of judgment and I presented myself to the world like I was someone who just had a really good metabolism and that's why I looked great um, when in reality it was because I was purging most of my food. So it affects, the, you know, the saying, the way you do one thing is how you do everything. And when you, like the, the first thing that you show people is like not based on truth. 
And we think that people are fake or lie because they're fake liars, right? When in reality, I was just protecting myself. I didn't consider myself a fake person, but there was, um, there was a disconnect in how I was connecting with people because I was keeping such a big part of me a secret. So I would say that those are, those are in the top. And just the, you know, I've had a lot of dental work done. I have like missing teeth. Um, I, that, that doesn't exactly fill me with joy. And there were days where I would binge and purge for so long and repetitively that when I would feel my heart pounding and I'd be lying over the toilet sweating um, and think that this, this is it, like I, I'm, I'm gonna have a heart attack and die. It's absolutely horrific yeah. what we've been through. And I think in, unless you've actually been there, it's difficult to understand how yeah. traumatic it is. Yeah. And just like, you know, it's something that we don't think about is when we are doing that to ourselves day in and day out, we're like reinforcing the idea that we're only as good as our body looks. And if we can't be small, then we're like not worthy of the space that we take up in the world. Like we'd literally risk our lives, risk death rather than be in a bigger body, which just, just in general just shows, I think that we've all just been done a huge disservice in this department when people would rather die, rather lose teeth, rather be in pain, rather be isolated than gain weight. Yeah. So Chrissy, if you could turn back the clock, so were you, did you say you were 23, 24? When, when I, I was 24, about, about 24 when I first started, yeah. So if you could turn back the clock to when you were 24, what would you tell yourself? What would you tell her now, knowing what you know now? I would remind her that she has a worth that cannot be taken from her that the fact that she's here on earth it was no accident, right? The chance of being born, right? Every time you get pregnant, it's what it's like 25% chance of getting pregnant. I'm not gonna put numbers on it because I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but even just making it, and then the amount of babies that naturally miscarry, right? Yeah. And being us, being, being me, is like a one in a million, one in a billion chance. And I'm here for a reason, even if I don't yet know the reason, right? It's like in nature, everything in nature has a reason, it has its purpose. Even if we as humans don't know the purpose, it doesn't mean it doesn't have a purpose. So we are part of nature. Us being here means that we're here for a reason. And the reason is not so, so-and-so can think I'm hot or someone could tell me what diet I'm currently doing or someone to tell me how great my ass looks and how great my abs are, that there's so much more to this life than how you look. And do not um, lose these, these years of your youth, this time that you can never get back because you're concerned about looking good enough, being good enough. Just know that regardless of how you feel, 
like those voices that you hear in your head telling you you aren't good enough, those are based on lies, right? So even on your bad days, if you just believe like just for today, I, I say that to myself now, just for today, I'm going to believe that I'm powerful and I'm worthy and I'm so much bigger, so much uh, smarter, funnier and worthy than I even know. And that can't ever be taken away from you. That's probably what. That's beautiful. So what do you wish that you'd known before the bulimia took hold? I wish before I started dieting, I had known that everything that I wanted to get from this diet, from being smaller, I already had available to me in the body I was already in. And that in this quest to be more confident, to be more attractive, um, it was going to end up me basically chasing my tail when if I had just like accepted instead of resisting, I would have already had everything that I needed. I, I didn't know that this path I was going down of dieting was going to start a 12 year cat and mouse game. And even when I was, this is the trick that our mind plays on us, right? Because the body that I thought I wanted, the body that I thought would make would mean the perfect body and I would be worthy of love and attention and significance. The picture I saw in my mind when I first started dieting, when I hit that picture, when I became that body, it still wasn't good enough. And I just moved the goalposts. Right, so that's so really interesting I, for people to hear that. Yeah, it never that vision did. That they you, have of a perfect body, you know, when you get that, you're not gonna these these not going to, thoughts exactly. are still gonna be there. That's that's the thing that we really don't get. We're like, if I diet, then I'll feel good. And what actually happens is you start this cat and mouse game of I'm only as good as my body. And when you're only as good as your body looks, your body will never ever look good enough to you. It doesn't matter. Like other people will say, Oh my gosh, you have the best body ever, you have this. And you're like, no, it could be better, or they're lying, they're just being nice. Yeah. We don't see, we don't really see ourselves as we are. We don't really see, there's no way, it's, it's just, it's, it's a losing game. And I wish I'd known that at the time. Yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give somebody? You've already given some great advice, but what, what other advice would you give somebody suffering with an eating disorder? Okay, so... This is going to sound counterintuitive and counterproductive, but I'm sure that so many people with eating disorders have heard all sorts of advice that they feel like it doesn't work for them, that they're different. You, you're the one person you can't heal from this, which isn't true. But if I could tell you one thing that would really help you is to stop making your eating disorder wrong, right? And some people what does might that hear mean? that. And think, Yes, I'm going to get into that. So you might hear that and think that I'm encouraging you to continue with your eating disorder. What I'm actually saying is when you take it, take away the wrongness of it, when you take away this idea of I'm doing something terrible, I'm being terrible, I'm a terrible person, I feel so guilty, I feel so ashamed, all that does is perpetuate more of the same. You just keep doing the same thing. You know, I spent 12 years stuck in guilt and shame about what I was doing. And all it did 
is lead me down to more binges because then I would want food to take away this feeling of guilt I was having. And then that little bit of food would turn into a full binge and I would be back into the cycle, right? When you take away the shame of it, because there is, there is no need to be ashamed of you buying into this idea that you're only as good as your body. This is a message we've received from day one for most of us and we see it all over the place. That doesn't make you a bad person or weak or you don't have any willpower. When you can take away the idea that you're a bad person or you should be guilty or ashamed of the way your body looks or the way you're eating or what you're doing, it gives you the freedom. It takes away the resistance from what you're experiencing and then you actually get a chance to really heal it instead of coming as like, you're a bad person, you need to do this, you need to do that, because that doesn't work. Guilt and shame doesn't work. All guilt and shame does is you'll either deny the behavior is happening, right? Like with children, when we discipline children, when we guilt them or we shame them, they don't stop the behavior, they just hide it, either from you or from you and themselves. Like we've all had that experience, yeah. right? Where a friend says, I, when, when a friend says, well, I would just never do that. That's just not who I am. And you're looking at them like, wait, what? That's exactly who you are. Because they've separated themselves from the shadow, what they don't want to be because they've associated that with guilt and shame. Yeah. So as long as you can get out of the guilt and shame of it, it'll be a lot easier for you to heal from it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's excellent. That's ex excellent advice. So when you were recovering, were there any specific resources that helped you? Yes. Uh, reading up a lot about the subconscious mind, I would go on YouTube and watch videos. It, a lot of them weren't even about um, eating or your body it was just like motivational speaking videos I listened to some Tony Robbins videos I learned about habit management um I watched videos of people who had crazy transformations and I don't mean like my body used to look like this and now it looks like this I mean I used to think I was worthless and now I'm running this business by myself or whatever it is just like seeing other people come back from things that felt like they could never come back from seeing other people say I didn't think this was possible for me because I didn't think healing was possible for me I didn't think I'd ever be able to stop binging right mm -hmm. so to see other people say I used to think that I couldn't do this yeah. and now here I am just reminding myself how amazing human beings are how powerful our minds are was right. really really helpful for me and just also getting really clear on what you want out of life like what is bulimia or anorexia keeping you from what would you like your your life to look like I spent a lot of time being in that feeling not just like not just thinking like oh it would be nice to have a dog or it'd be nice to have a partner I would feel it like see myself in a cabin somewhere with like living the life that I wanted to live and really embodying that feeling so that it wasn't just like me in my room, just trying to shake out like a binger. I, I can do this, I've got this. Like it was, I was looking forward. Like it's really important to be excited about recovery because if you're not excited, it's gonna be a little bit more challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. And it's about focusing on what your goals are 
and what you want in the future. And even maybe you don't believe it right now, it's stepping into what, what your future has to hold and having those yes. feelings are going all going to help to reinforce the direction that your unconscious mind is going to help you go in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And another another thing I would say, which might be seem a little woo-woo for some of you, but I am also a little bit woo, is just um, <laughs> really leaning into love more, right? So right. loving yourself more, loving other people more unconditionally. So even people that you're just like, I can't stand the way they do this. When you can be more loving to other people, you can also be more loving to yourself. And when you're more loving to yourself, you can be more loving to other people. You see, it's like a con continuous cycle. And that doesn't mean that I'm always like this perfect loving person, but the easier it was to love me and the easier it was for me to see that I'm actually an easy person to love. I started treating other people like that. And then the more I started treating other people like that, that's what I was also getting in return. The crazy thing is that a lot of my personal life has shifted just from healing. The connections I have from people uh, with people are, are, are healing. I can have deeper relationships with people because I'm not trying to hide something from them. And, you know, it's like a constant learning lesson, but really leaning into the love, like including the parts of your body that you maybe don't. I used to have this story that I have a big belly, right? And it makes me unattractive. And I just worked on, whenever I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, oh, look at your belly. Instead, I would love on my belly. I would touch my belly, speak to my belly, I'd speak to me. And just like, the easier it was to see myself as like a beautiful, lovable person. So, so Chrissy, how, how would you suggest that people start to love themselves, love parts of their body? What do you, what would you suggest that they would do? That's a fantastic question. So but, you know, I suppose your example of your, you know, how you felt about your tummy. Yes. So that's something I actually, and it's also working with that part of your mind again. And even though you may not believe it, but it's actually, you know, I love this part of my, and just starting to build on that, isn't it? Yeah. And even just think about, absolutely. And just think about what I like to do when I feel like I'm, I have a challenge in one area. So recently, you know, in the last few months, I was like, okay, let me pay attention to my relationship with money. So when I'm, so this would be in your case, your relationship with your body, if you're listening, how, if your body was a friend, right? Would your body still want to be friends with you? The way you speak to your body, the way you treat your body, if that was a friendship, would they still want to be friends with you, right? Would you want to be friends with someone who speaks to you the way you speak to your body or speaks about you the way you speak about your body? Yeah. So that's a great place to start think of, thinking about your body as another relationship. So you can really yeah. see the areas that you are perhaps sabotaging yourself a little bit. That's a great place to start really exploring and dancing. This is something that I have. Some of you guys are gonna be like, what, I don't dance. It's not about having perfect moves. You don't have to do this in front of anyone. It's just putting some music on and enjoying 
being in your body when you can find enjoyment in your body no matter what you do it's like even if you're out in the sun right and you're leaning in on the sun leaning into the sun and feeling the sun on your skin and you just feel enjoyment being in your body so you can take away the focus from what your body looks like to feeling being in this body feels great like the way i feel when i move to this music the way it feels when the sun is on my skin this is this is great being in this body feels great yeah game changer excellent excellent i love that so okay so now where can listeners um hook up with you where can they find you okay i spend a lot of time on my instagram um so that, that's probably the best place for you to connect with me at the moment and if you do head over there send me a dm i love talking to people in my dms my instagram is chrissy ajasafi which is chrissy with two s's c-h-r-i-s-s-y and then ajasafi is my surname it's like aji safe it's spelled a-j-i and then safe s-a-f-e that's where you'll find me on instagram so that's the best place for people to to find you Yes, I have a website as well, which is uh, youcanhealyourweight.com. Um, but I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Okay, good, good. So is there anything else that you feel that the listeners would like to hear or benefit from before we finish? Yeah, you know, now that you ask, um, some of the things that I said to you, if you're just starting to look at recovery, you might, you might want to know exactly what it means. Okay, Christine, how do I do that? How exactly do I do that? And while I can give you some steps, some of the ways in which we fall short when we, when we try things that don't work for us is because we're trying to do it exactly how someone else does it and we're all different so it's not about doing something exactly the way I do it it's about finding what works for you so it's not about how do I do this it's about being everything you do you have a way of being when you're doing those things your way of being like a Jim Fortin he talks about um be do have instead of like our culture, our society tends to think if I have this, then I'll be this, which is the problem with dieting. Like if I have a small body, then I'll be confident, yeah. right? And yeah. you want to focus on your ways of being right now. How can I be confident and powerful right in this moment? How, how am I being when I'm feeling confident and powerful. So it's not always about being in your head. How am I supposed to think in this moment? It's just about in this moment, how are you being? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I know that sometimes people talk about like some of this stuff and it feels so airy fairy, it might be hard to actually hold on to. But when I talk about how you're being, so an example of how I was being when I was bulimic is I was waiting for someone to choose me. I was waiting for someone to tell me I was good enough. I was waiting for someone to tell me I was beautiful. I was waiting for like opportunities to just appear yeah. so I could live the life of my dreams. And then instead, I when the, the way I am now, the way I'm being now is I know that regardless of what I think about myself sometimes, I know that I am far more valuable than even I know. 
And how do I move in this moment when I know that even when I am my worst enemy, I'm still wonderfully valuable, right? How does that change things? An example that uh, I heard someone say years ago that I love to use now is with a 50 pound note, right? If we have 50 pounds, if I draw on this 50 pounds, how much is it worth? still worth 50 pounds okay well what if i step on it right or put some dirt in it or bury it how much is it worth now well it's still worth 50 pounds okay well what if i cut it up well it's still worth 50 pounds there's absolutely nothing you can do that takes away the worth of that 50 pound note and that's the same with you right we we can't there's nothing that can take away our worth we just believe things to take away our worth and then that's how we're being like i'm not worthy I'm not good enough, you know, I, I, I don't deserve all of these things. So the ways you're being are far more powerful than three steps to stop binging, because I can give you three steps to stop binging, but if you're still being this, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. I don't, you know, I don't look like they do in the magazine, so no one's gonna love me. My three steps aren't going to help you. That's really interesting. That's excellent, I love it. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us. There's some amazing advice and helpful areas and guidance for people. So, you know, that's fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us. You're so, so welcome. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. Yeah, no, thank you. So, well, that's all for today's episode of Bulimia Sucks. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Chrissy, for for joining us and sharing your journey. So join us again on the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Plus, if you haven't already heard about it, check out my book, Bulimia Sucks on Amazon to learn many different techniques to help you to begin to break through your painful bulimic behavior. Thank you for listening. And before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure that you join our Facebook group, Bulimia Sucks, if you haven't already, where it's great to connect with like-minded people and hear about their journeys and their ups and downs. So thanks for listening. Bulimia sucks, but you don't. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calmness. Check it out now on Amazon.